following thoughts, opinions, stories, and expressions are meant for those who will appreciate them. If you don't, we hope you keep an open soul to encounter another here on 34 Questions. Peace. Three, two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. I'm your host, 34. And tonight, I have a very special guest. Corey Kropodian is in the building. How are you doing tonight, Corey? I'm doing really good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm glad uh, you can make it through, man. Definitely appreciate your time and your openness to share your story. So thank you once again. You, you'll hear me thanking you probably more than once on, on the show. Uh, I'm just very grateful to have any anybody to come through and, and uh, you know, help me with this project. So thank you again, sir. Uh, for the folks out there. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but for the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some intro questions, some warm-up questions just to set the tone. After that, we'll jump into a couple icebreakers. After the icebreakers, we'll move on to the Wheel of Fate, where we'll spin the wheel, whichever number it lands on. That's how the conversation will flow. And then we'll finish it off with some closeout questions. Sound good to you, Corey? I mean, that Wheel of Fate sounds a little bit, I don't know. I'm like a little nervous. <laughs> what am I going to land on? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know, you checked out a couple episodes. Uh, I think you kind of get the vibe of how deep they can get. And uh, sure. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Sometimes you, you'll see my reaction when it comes to it. And I'll be like, ooh, I got to <laughs> I gotta deliver this question right now. And uh, yeah, for the folks out there who don't know, it's the first time me and Corey are connecting. Uh, so yeah, you know, whatever um, you're expecting, you know, you'll probably have to just push through it. And just as a reminder, if there's any question that's too deep or something you don't want to talk about, feel free to pass. There's absolutely no pressure. Oh man, I don't know about that. Always like a challenge. <laughs> all right, all right, we'll get through it then. Uh, I'll, I'll choose the really hard ones for you. <laughs> um, but let's start off with the easy ones, the warm up questions. My first one for you is How have you been? You've been doing well, you've been doing great. How you been lately, man? I've been doing great, man. I've been definitely really busy for sure. Uh, you know, I'm really excited. I just got married a couple months ago. So that was honestly one of like, the best times of my life for sure. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, you go through this, the honeymoon phase and you get out of it and our relationship is great. I'm actually really excited, uh, about our relationship. Planning a wedding is stressful. Mm. It's so, so fucking stressful, man. Sometimes I'm just like, I was pulling my hair out, but the, it was all worth it. hundred percent. And then afterwards though, you know, you're like living life, enjoying it and you got to get back to back to work. And so, uh, you know, <clears throat> I know this is our first time meeting, but I'm actually an orthodontist a podcaster and I wrote a book. So while I do have an orthodontic practice and I push for that to be successful, I also haven't been podcasting too much in the last, um, before the wedding. I just really, I really was kind of busy for sure. and I let some excuses of my own stuff get in the way. And I just wanted to prioritize different things. And, you know, after the wedding, I was like, you know, I've been working so hard, but I got to fill up my, my cup, you know, a little bit more with the passion of a little side hustle and you know my little side hustle was doing pretty well and i i was bummed i stopped doing it for a little while but uh it's a podcast called unleash success which is how i kind of found you i just you know i just want to get back in it and you know start talking to people and sharing my story as well because um you know that's how you learn and that's how you grow and so for me uh the last couple months you know, it's a lot of thinking. And then after a lot of thinking, it was just like, all right, let's go. Time to take action. And uh, that's kind of like, that's 
large part of what I do is a lot about taking action and I try to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Um, so it's been busy, but it's been really good, man. You know, I, I can't complain. I got a beautiful wife. Uh, you know, it's just been amazing being married. You know, it's summertime down here in Southern California. It's beautiful weather. It's just all good, man. <laughs> beautiful weather all the time in SoCal, man. Uh, I lived in Long Beach for a little bit. Uh, so I had the chance to experience, you know, 70 degrees, kind of windy by the beach all year round. Uh, I, I live in the Bay right now in San Francisco Bay Area, uh, which is quite similar. But I live in Daly City. I don't know if you're familiar with Daly City, but it's foggy all the time. Uh, hardly get sunshine out here but you know it's california we're spoiled out here i can't talk too much about <laughs> the weather, i know right <laughs> i spent seven years in new york city man and uh you know the winter time a lot different than it is out here in <laughs> southern california <laughs> yeah i mean you know i, I want to say i want to live in new york but then i think about everything that changes in your lifestyle pretty much uh, especially when it has to do with the weather like i got you know, probably cleaning out the snow uh, would be cool once or twice, but once it becomes a regular thing, a part of my life, I'll probably start feeling different, you know? <laughs> you know, I'm, it depends on what kind of person you are, right? Like some people really love that city life or a lot of people like to go there for a year or two just to experience it. And I was there for seven years. So, I mean, it's really like a second home to me. And uh, you look at it and it's fun, but I didn't have a lot of money there. I was going to school there. So it was not like I had a ton of money to spend. I think if you have money and you go visit, New York's a great place. But I like being in the outdoors. I like being able to see the sun, get the sun on your face. And uh, so that's why I'm here in California. I got you. I got you. So you lived in New York and you're living in SoCal. Are, are you originally from California or you, you've done some moving around? It's funny, man. I am from I'm from kind of all over. Uh, I'll just give you like the short, long story version. I got, I got you. <laughs> I, I was born in Florida. I uh, moved around a lot, not in the military, just, uh, you know, kind of just trying to chase a better job uh, when I was younger. Um, had some home bases, Florida, Nevada, uh, mainly Las Vegas and Southern California, because that's where my parents had family or friends. Had some pit stops in Arizona, Indiana. Uh, but then I spent seven years in New York and now I've been out here since 2013. For sure. For sure. I mean, I think it's great that you've been able to live, live in different places, different areas, kind of, you know, uh, embrace the cultures in all these different areas. It makes you, I, I believe, a more well-rounded person. Um, real quick, though, out of all the places, which one is your favorite? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm in Newport Beach for a reason, man. Oh, I love okay. it here. Newport um, Beach specifically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got you. You know, as much as I travel as any place that I've lived, you know, it's always like, man, is there a place that just is beautiful all the time and, you know, it doesn't have mosquitoes too. Like, so mm -hmm. I don't really like mosquitoes. They, they attack me like crazy. So uh, it's funny. Newport Beach, man, that's where the place to be. Kind of the Southern Orange County coast is just beautiful all year round but that's why we pay for that that sunshine tax <laughs> oh, that's that's a good way to put it actually <laughs> um but yeah well i'm glad you found a place that you can call home uh happy to hear that you got married a couple months ago congratulations uh, thank you yeah um you know my second question for you in my warm-up is what would you like the audience to know about you Oh man, we never met before, so there is so much to tell. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, for me, one of the things that right now that I'm really working on is getting my podcast, Unleash Success, 
back into in my life and I've actually interviewed 13, 14 people. And it just so happens the timing coincided well with this because I'll be releasing my first couple episodes tomorrow had this interview been done. So it's like July 15th or July 13th. Um, but had this interview been done a month ago, I was still working on it. And and then I wrote a book a couple years ago and it's funny because it's called emotional fitness. I always carry a copy with me whenever I'm doing any kind of interviews. So you, you see a lot of my face on it, I got but you. it's all these different emotions. And I, I, uh, I wrote it because at a time I was really struggling with emotions. And one of the biggest things that I found was, uh, you know, you can either let your emotions control you or you can control them. And a lot of times we feel like we are victims to our emotions mm. where, you know, I just got angry. I just saw red. Uh, I'm sad and I don't know why I wake up and I'm, I don't have any motivation. I can't stay focused. And I believe focus, motivation, persistence, dedication, commitment. These are all things that are emotionally attached to you, whether you have that drive or not. And at times I had it so strongly. And then at other times I was very, very depressed. And it was like, I became this person that my identity was depression. And so <clears throat> through a lot of different readings of psychology, um, psychological books and personal development seminars, I started to change the way I was doing things. And I was really into physical fitness at the time. And so, you know, everybody kind of started asking me, what am I doing? Like, they kind of heard what I was saying. They're like, I've been to that, you know, seminar. I've, I've read that book. I'm not getting the results that you're getting though. And they're like, that's just like the positive thinking bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, especially people who had never been in any kind of personal development seminar, this rah-rah, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy but some of that stuff is extremely effective and most of it is. And so people don't know what they don't know. And I was like, you know what? I, you, I'm gonna just ignore everybody. This is what I'm doing. This is the change you see. But then all of a sudden I started making more money. I doubled my income. I bought my house, uh, which I've been in for the last seven years, which is right by the beach. And I absolutely love it. It was literally a goal that I wrote down six months before. And all of a sudden people were like, Corey, I noticed you got that house. Corey, I noticed you got a great attitude. Corey, I noticed you just met my my wife at the time. You know, you got a great relationship. What are you doing again? And they were more curious, right? And so over time, I kind of decided to develop a message. And I had some people always just kind of ask me the same thing. And I was like, you know, I believe that there's a couple different things about life where you got to do it first yourself. And the next thing, you know, once you take care of yourself, I believe you try to take care of your family. But after that, if you were able to take care of yourself, help out your family, what else are you going to give to the world? And I kind of found that every time I accomplished a goal for myself, at the end of the day, it wasn't as meaningful if I had done something to help someone else. And I'm fortunate enough to have worked hard enough in my life where I'm able to spend time working on other things like passion projects. I mean, this book is completely self-published. Um, you know, I recorded an audible. It took me a little while, but I got a lot of information in there. And <clears throat> it's funny because over the last couple of years with COVID, with getting married, just, you know, life changes. I really went like big. I stretched far in my goals um, from a business perspective. And I fell flat on my face a couple of times, man. It was not pretty. And I had to go back to my own book and just read it again. And I always said that this book was as much for me as it is for everybody else because it's a workout plan for your mind and emotions. It teaches you how to be mentally tough, how to use your emotions to fuel you. I'm not saying that, you know, fear and anxiety are necessarily bad, but if they debilitate you, if you can't work, if you can't keep moving forward, 
then they stop you from accomplishing your goals. I'm a very goal-oriented person. I got a lot of different goals in life. And so I would say that if there's one thing, you know, one message that I really want the world to know about me is basically in this book, Emotional Fitness is, you know, you can accomplish anything you want in life and you don't have to let your emotions control you. You can control them and you can kind of be the creator. You can actually become the creator of your own life. And that's what I've done. I've had to redo it a couple of times though. You know, if you don't practice this stuff, if you don't work out every day, you're not going to stay fit, whether it's in the gym or in your mind. I was going to say, man, uh, and you don't got to name any names, but for the folks that were asking you about what your secret was, uh, after you came out with the book, was it something that they were able to utilize, you know, as far as the information and knowledge that you gave them? Um, and were they able to kind of make those changes in their lives as well? You know, I've seen uh, quite a few people and I, I sold, and I'm not even going to try and lie and say I sold thousands or tens of thousands of books. That's a lot of books, by the way. It is really hard to sell a lot of physical books, uh, which was interesting, but I sold about 500 physical books uh, right off the gate. And I just remember, obviously, it was a big push marketing and stuff, but I was, uh, it was a really heartfelt message when some people would say, hey, Corey, I read your book. And I'm like, wow, like you read the whole thing, you know, because most people read the first chapter like, okay. And yeah, they said they read the whole thing. And there was a few people were like, you know, I really liked this part about how you talked about perception and focus. You know, I've heard stuff like that before, but I never thought about it like a two way street how our body's physiology can actually affect the way we perceive everything. So like if I walk into a room and I'm holding myself differently, how does that affect the way I see the world? And then how we have blind spots, right? You know, you don't, if you're not seeing everything in the world, what are you missing? You know, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, if you look around your room and I tell you to look around everything that is black, right? And yeah. I say, Hey, close your eyes and tell me everything you saw that was red. You're going to be like, damn, I, I don't know anything that was red because you weren't focusing on it. Now open your eyes. I'm looking, I'm doing the same thing. I didn't close my eyes, but I'm looking at the, around my room and I'm like, damn, there's that's red. That's red. That's red. Wow. There's actually a lot of red in here. Never even focused on it. And that's easy to do in a room, but it's a lot harder to do with your life, your goals, your profession. What are you missing that you don't even know that could be helping you? I got you. I got you. I'm going to have to steal that, man. I, I work with high schoolers. Uh, so that I think I can definitely use perception focus, right? That's the concept. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Um, and oh, then man. what's it called? The other thing I want to ask you about is so emotions, you know, feeling like you're a victim to your emotions. You know, I, I've heard the other perspective too, of like, you have to be able to feel your emotions. You can't just, you know, um, be focused on like for me i think that's my issue i always get uh some knocks on me because i think i'm solution oriented and like if problems come up i i really don't want to focus on how it's making me feel in that moment you know i'm like all right a problem comes up let me just figure out how to push through it uh so how can i balance that the the, the part of you know being allowed to feel my emotions but also not letting it it, it hindered me from trying to move on and trying to create a task. Do you have any insight on that? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what emotional fitness is about. You're not going to stop feeling emotions. Emotions are designed, evolutionary speaking, that, to be able to basically protect you, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, emotion of sadness is going to keep you close to the people around you to kind of keep you safe in a moment where you might be reflecting about life. 
uh, anger, for instance. You know, if you were to feel anger, you're gonna attack somebody to protect yourself, right? Um, it's interesting, like, I mean, this is all physiology, right? When you feel anger, blood will actually rush to your hands more than some other parts, very specifically your hands, because you need to be able to fight. Right now, now we live in, you know, modern society where we're not fighting and hitting people, hopefully on a day to day basis. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then like you got fear and fear will take blood and push towards your legs. Why? Because in a moment of fear, you need to be able to survive. You might have to run for your life, that flight or fight mechanism. And so you need to be able to run for your life. But if that fear turns, hey, I'm going to fight because you got and you got to get angry. That's the type of emotion. So now going back to your question, it's not about not feeling emotions. Okay. It's just not letting them control you. You might feel fear in a moment, but does that stop you from doing what you're doing? No. Okay. I accept it. Boom. Gone. Now the truth is too, I feel like the more I train my emotional fitness, there are times where I will have a problem. I, I, I mean, I've had some, I've had a lot of issues, you know, I'm not perfect by any means, but there was this one time where I lost a lot of money and it was very quick and very fast and I couldn't do anything about it. And my wife looked at me and was like, I was actually surprised like a couple days later, you know, it definitely hit me hard. And, you know, the next day I was like, all right, back to normal. Like, I'm kind of surprised you weren't more upset. I was like, what am I going to do about it? So I sat there with my emotions for a day and I moved on and a day honestly was too long. For real, there was nothing I could do. So when you have those moments where, cause I'm an empath, you know, I, I like, I feel my emotions a lot, but there are times where emotions are useful and there are times where emotions can hinder you. And if they're hindering you, you've got to accept them, thank them, understand where they're coming from. Cause they're always coming from a positive intent. If you're afraid of something, if you've got something to do and you've got fear, it might tell you a worry or anxiety. It might say, Hey, you need to prepare more. So I always believe that action is the cure. If you've got a problem, you got a negative emotion, take some action. Usually that resolves it. I got you. I got you. I can see that. Like if I, as I reflect on moments of anxiety for myself, it's usually, yeah, because I feel unprepared or I don't feel like I've done enough. Um, and I think everyone can tell that I haven't done enough. And I think that's what brings up the anxiety for me, you know? Uh, for and, sure. and to go on that though you got to realize too like hey if you're in the moment yeah that's not good if you're having anxiety before a, a presentation before a speech or something like that then it's telling you to prepare it's not saying you should sit there on your phone and feel worried for two hours right scrolling through social media if you were to take that action and prepare more now all of a sudden the fear the anxiety the worry starts to disappear the more action you take and then of course you know people can always still have a little bit of fear but if you don't have it like in a presentation for instance if you're not a little bit afraid or a little nervous you know I, I like to transition that terminology that language and this is part of emotional fitness is being able to transform different you know adjectives is instead of being nervous you know it's kind of like butterflies and butterflies are kind of like excitement, right? So you might have butterflies. When I was playing sports, I always get butterflies, but it never made me nervous. It was like, all right, cool. We're ready to play the game. I'm excited. You know, I always felt the same thing, but once that ball went in the air, it was ready to go. It was game time. And so that excitement, you can transfer anxiety to excitement. 
once you're prepared. If you're unprepared, you're still going to feel anxious. Yeah, I got you. But that's a good way to frame it, though. I think I'm going to start using that because, you know, when I talk to the kids that I work with, I use anxiety a lot because I think it's relatable to them. Um, and but switching that my phrasing and language to butterflies, I think, you know, puts it more of in a positive light. And, uh, you know, we we're, we change it from something that's negative into something positive as far as like more exciting feeling. And you just want to get get through it and get get it done. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to use that, man. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Uh, and then got to move on to my third warm up question for you, which is. Uh, if I were do if I were to do something in your honor, a way to express the energy you possess, what could I do? Oh man, I, I listen to some people say this, and I really I, I'm a little confused on it. You know, like to I always feel like what I do personally doesn't actually have. If that's not the goal of life, right? But the impact that I can have on somebody else. So, I mean, for me, uh, if you were to read my book, for instance, and you were to take something and that were to impact your life, I mean, honestly, even in this conversation, the fact that you're talking about taking it and teaching it to your kids, that's 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 probably what I would say is it's pretty amazing, right? Like that's cool. I like that. I appreciate that because at the end of the day, if I disappear, if I'm off this earth, if I die tomorrow. Um, I will know that I've made an impact and I'm more concerned with depth of impact than how many people I actually reach. I'd rather change one person's life monumentally than, you know, millions of lives just a little bit. But that's not to say that I don't want to also change millions of lives. Of course I do. But I just look at for me, like I'm all about depth. You know, it's surface level is great, but you want to have a real conversation. You want to have a real breakthrough. You want to change your life for the better right here, right now. Let's go. Right. It's not about, okay, cool. Like, you know, changing, waking up at 5 a.m. You do that for five days. Good job. And then the day six, you're 7 a.m. Day or day seven, you're 8 a.m. Day eight, you're 10 a.m. You're like, damn. And that, that it's just kind of melancholy, right? Like it doesn't actually change what you do on a daily basis, but you get deep and then everything changes because you can start to change your core beliefs and once you change those once you shift that to what you want your whole life will start to change i got you i got you um i'm kind of curious uh getting to that deep end or getting to that depth is it does that come easy for you and you know when you interact with folks does do they get to that level with you as well or you know how's that interaction go because for me I think it's uh, been a 50-50, you know, like I have, I meet people that are down and they're willing to, to go to the deep end with me. And then there's the other side that just get totally turned off and they're like, hold on, we ain't, we're not doing this. This is not the right place, right time. I don't know who you are. Uh, so for you and your experience, how, how easy has it been or how hard has it been to, to get people on that level? You know, we talked about just kind of like where I'm from and just tying that in. One thing that I always had to do was I had to be able to literally walk into a room and make friends because I, I went to three third grades, four high schools, and I probably moved like, I don't know, 35 times in my entire life, maybe 40. So I don't even know. Got you, I haven't counted in a long time. So I had to develop at a young age, the ability to walk into a room and make friends. And because of that, 
I can develop rapport very quickly. And then of course, later on in life, I spent a lot of time actually learning about rapport. Actually, how can I build a relationship better? How can I, I was doing it for different things at the time, you know, it's just, how can I sell somebody on something I want, right? Like I wanted to understand everything, but now that's so ingrained in me that I do feel like I do a better job. Of course, my wife will always say, Corey, read the room because sometimes <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing a good you. job. But at the same time, it's because I have a different opinion than other people. And, you know, I, but I still believe firmly in my opinions. That's not to say that I won't listen. Um, but, you know, I, I think when you're talking to somebody about depth, you, you feel the waters, right? You know, what's the temperature? Are we warm? Are we cold? Um, but I tend to develop that very quickly, very early on, mainly because that's what I like to talk about. So if you have nothing to talk about, that's of any depth or meaning. Um, I kind of get bored with the conversation. I mean, I'll entertain it, but I'm not gonna sit there for an hour and have a chit chat about, I don't know, whatever is going on on, you know, the OC housewives or whatever it is these days. I got you. And my wife you. loves those shows, so I'm not banging, I'm not bashing on it, but it's, it's her way to relax and that's fine. Um, I like sci-fi shows, so I'm like, I just wanna check out uh, when I wanna, when I watch TV, but when, when I'm sitting there having a conversation with someone like you, like, hey man, you feeling some anxiety? What's going on? Let's talk about it. You know, um, you know, what's the anxiety about? What do you usually do? Where are you from? What's what's like your goal in life right now? And and I have had times where people do shut down, and you just say, okay, no worries, you know, no big deal. Yeah, we can always talk about it later, or whatever. Um, but I think I've also I've done some coaching as well, so I'm kind of like, it's just who I am. You know, it's like I. I talk about stuff that's personal to me and I feel like as part of rapport building, people will tell me stuff that's personal to them. So it's, it's almost like I don't really directly ask people questions like that are really deep and personal and like I'm digging. I say something, they respond and I go, oh, what do you mean by that? And all of a sudden they start to open up even more, right? You're just peeling back the layers of the onion. For sure. For sure. Uh, you know, I, I haven't moved a lot, but one thing about me is that I've had like 17 jobs in 10 years so as far as like walking into a room trying to make that connection trying to show that i'm a team player and who i am um, and trying to get to know that about everybody else that's the experience i guess i've had in that kind of realm and now working with students again it's kind of similar you know i feel like kids are trying to read you all the time especially if you're an adult trying to be authoritative you know they want to know if they can respect you right um but yeah, so I, I can see where some of those skills may overlap and why we do what we do and why we enjoy right. talking to people, right? Um, I got you. And uh, my last question for you, man, my last question in the warm-up is, on a scale from 1 to 10, how well do you know yourself? Oh, man. You know, like I said, I've watched a couple of your shows and you know, people's answers are very interesting. I would say that I know myself 10. But then I want to just pull back just a little bit because, <laughs> I, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, I, you always expect yourself to behave a certain way. And I think I train myself to behave a certain way. And I'd say I'm close to a 10. Like, I really do know myself very well. But the problem is, uh, you know, it's not I don't check in with myself every day. I've got a wheel of life here in my book that I do about every depending on how I'm feeling about every three to six months. And that's my check-in. That's how I know where I'm at. But I'll tell you right now, man, sometimes I'll check in and be like, wait, you know what? I'm actually not feeling that good about my body or my time. 
and it's like you know you get better and better but uh i would say i'm about a 9.8 we'll go with that you know <laughs> i mean that's still pretty dope man <laughs> um I'm well glad. i know i I've done a lot of personal development. I've done a lot of self-awareness. My entire life is about self-awareness. I probably know myself too well, but I I think I also know my I know my strengths and my weaknesses, you know, and and I know where I need help. Um, even if I don't ask for it, I do know where I need it a lot of times. So um, it, it's it's a lot of brutal honesty in the mirror. So if you spent time in front of the mirror, if you spent time as much time as I have looking at yourself, you really start to understand why you do what you do. For sure, for sure. Um, a little follow up to that is, what would you say is your favorite thing about your personality? Oh, it's it's one of the things that uh, is not always the best thing, but it is my favorite thing. And it's that when I put my mind to something, when I really want something, I go after it with just like obsessive tenacity. Um, I've done my entire life. I want to learn everything about the subject. I want to do everything about it. I want to understand it fully. Um, you know, I, I mentioned briefly that I did some physical fitness competitions. And in three months, I, you know, I, I read a bunch of articles and books and I died and I worked out harder than I ever worked out. And I've worked out, you know, my entire life um, just because I was playing sports. I wasn't a very big kid. So the only way I could play football was if I lifted. And, you know, just going all the way in a hundred percent, you know, like we're not half-assing this shit. And at the end of the day, I ended up winning first place on my first competition, eventually went into uh, nationals and trying to qualify for a pro card. But of course uh, that's when I got long story short, I got skin cancer and I wasn't able to work out or compete for six months. Oh, and I kind of took a whole new life trajectory shift. Yeah, man. Shoot. I mean, bro, just that, you know, the experiences you've had in your journey and then plus all the traveling, not traveling, but the moving that you've done, it really sounds like you, you've had a unique life experience that's probably, you know, given you and being an empath as well. Like it's a unique combination, man, in, in my eyes, in my perspective, that's uh, that you're working with pretty much so I mean, i'm excited to see where you take all those experiences and you know skills that you build over the years and where, where it's going to lead you um, that's you. dope appreciate uh, that no problem man uh all right well we made it it's a uh, about halfway through the podcast man i hope you're having a good time um there's For really sure. there's really no rush about it uh you know I, I like to let everything be conversational but we do have to move on to the, to the icebreaker portion um but before we do that, for our folks out there, if you are enjoying the content, please like if you might, share if you care, subscribe for a vibe you didn't know was there. Uh, bring it back, and let's head over to the icebreakers, man. Here we go. So this first icebreaker, man, is called Point of View. I'm going to give you a statement, and you just kind of give me your thoughts on it. Uh, this first one is overthinking is a bad thing. How do you feel about that statement? True or false? Agree or disagree? Uh, I would say, oh man, funny. I think you have to overthink things a little bit. You got to be able to do your due diligence. But if you're overthinking, it's definitely a bad thing because it's going to stop you from taking action. And at the end of the day, you know, you could think all you want, but only actions get results. I got you. I got you. And uh, my second st statement for you is people are ultimately good. Yes. Yeah. Agree 100%. 
I mean, there's real evil in the world out there. Uh, I don't deny that, but I think that people are inherently good. Um, you know, I think that unfortunately some people go through some rough times, but I think people, you know, even the worst of us sometimes, you know, we need some forgiveness and redemption. Is there an example that you could point out, whether in your personal life or maybe just in society and culture in general, that kind of strengthens that point of view for you? Like that people at the end will, will end up doing the right thing. I think uh, it was a really uh, a personal experience. Now, I'm not saying like, I mean, there is, like I said, some real evil in the world and I won't get into that necessarily. But, um, you know, people, I think that are, you know, different raised in a different environment. But if you're raised in an environment where you're able to learn and share your feelings, but you do something or you act out, I find that <clears throat> for my own life, you know, just m myself, um, I'll just use myself because I don't want to put anybody on the spot for this, that when you are in pain, um, emotionally or mentally, if you're not happy with who you are, if you're not happy with your life, like I was, I was depressed for eight years. Um, you seek avenues to alleviate that pain, which typically are short-term gratification. And therefore, you know, you, you know, you're like, fuck the consequences. I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do. Now, I always say I was a very honest person, but the truth is like some of the stuff that I did definitely hurt people. Um, you know, there was a time where I used to drink way too much and it's like, this is not good for me or anybody that I'm around. You know, I would say hurtful things to people that I cared about. And at the end of the day, it's it had nothing to do with them and it had everything to do with me. And so my pain, I was trying to, you know, you could either to be the tallest building in, in the world, you could either build yourself up or you can tear others down. And I don't, you know, I don't take pride in that, but I'm just saying that, um, that's a very common thing that happens a lot and I'm guilty of it in the past. And honestly, it's not something that I'm ever proud about behaving like that, but you know, you, everybody goes through some dark times. And so I was, I was struggling and with myself, I wasn't happy with myself. And unfortunately, you know, I took it out on other people that I cared about. So I think that <clears throat> what I've seen though, is that understanding that pain, what's the source of that pain? maybe changing like we talked about earlier, your perception of that pain. Is that pain, you know, do you really have to hold on to it? You know, just because something bad happened in the past doesn't mean that it has to affect your future today. And I had to do a lot of work to really forgive, you know, people around me to forgive myself. But at the end of the day, if I wanted to become a better person tomorrow, I had to shift that today. I can't keep living in the past. And people will run the same story of what's why they are the way they are over and over again in their head, why they're alone, why they're sad, depressed, why nobody loves them, why they, you know, can't get a better job why they can't get a promotion. And they'll just say it again and again. You know, maybe it was because your parents said, you know, you're, you're stupid and you're never going to amount to anything. Maybe it's that they just never told you that they love you and you feel like you're never going to be loved. Maybe you just got hurt and you know you attach that feeling you're never going to feel love in in the world you're never going to be good enough in the world and the truth is if you want something you got to go out there and create it and if you keep telling yourself that story you're never going to break out of it so i think that people are inherently good they just do bad things out of pain they're trying to alleviate that pain and instead of choosing a better alternative they choose something poor you see it all the time where people you know run to drugs and alcohol 
as a way to, you know, alleviate pain in life, to forget, to have a good time. But when they wake up or sober up, boom, pain's still there. But you see the on the opposite end too, where, you know, people will break up with their significant other and maybe they're all of a sudden, you know what, they're taking time for themselves. They're journaling in the morning. They're going for a run every day. They're going to the gym. They started the diet. They get in the best shape of their lives. They better themselves mentally, physically, and emotionally. And those people typically find somebody within six to 12 months that they're happy with. But I think it's just, you know, I do believe everybody's inherently good. It just, you know, people behave poorly out of pain. No, I got you, man. I think pain is uh, definitely a motivator, whether we admit it or not, right? Like, I can say everything I'm doing is pure, but I, I, I do, I feel like I still have a lot of fear, a lot of regret um, that, that drives me and, you know, kind of guides the way I, I choose the choices that I, I decide, um, which is, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but it is something that is true for me and something I just continue to try to work on because I, I have a, my instinct says that I shouldn't be fueled by regret and fear, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just what, what, where I'm at in my life at the moment. And I hope to get to a point where I can finally let go, like really, really let go. You feel me? But, well, I do, man. I think that when you talk about regret though, I mean, that can fuel you for a while, but you know, you gotta, you just gotta keep taking action. And it's like, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Ah. Uh, I mean, if I'll be honest with you, I think it's a, uh, I'm afraid of how much the change, like the changes I need to make in my life are going to either feel like it's not going to be instant. You know, I'm afraid that it's going to take a long time. And even though in my mind right now, I'm taking those steps, I, I think it's like, I'm realizing how long it's going to take. And that kind of scares me. It's like, damn, man, like I should have done. And that's where the regret comes from is where I should have done all this a lot sooner. Um, you know, finding my purpose and, and having these conversations, I think, is a huge part of where I'm at in my mind. The way my life is framed right now is that I feel like I'm the, on the right path. And I guess I'm just afraid of how long it's going to take to get to a point where I feel like I can take care of my family and, you know, move, move into different stages of my life. Um, that's what I fear. And it just plays into the regret of I should have just done done this a lot sooner when I had all the resources available to me, but I continued to either run away from my responsibilities or, you know, go on a path that I was too stubborn to let go of because like, now nah, this is what I want to be. This is what I should be doing when I didn't really have the right reasons of what I was. My first dream was to be a rapper. And I, I did that for like 12, 13 years. And I didn't realize how much of it I wanted to keep personal because writing and poetry and stuff was what I was really drawn to. But the idea of becoming a rapper was making me be a person that I wasn't really, I really wasn't, which was someone who had a like that charisma and that confidence to say I'm the best rapper out here because that's how it is in the game. It seems like you have to talk about being the best so people listen to you. Um, so I couldn't I didn't figure that out until the very end and then when my dad was telling me like you're not a famous rapper what are you gonna do with your life uh, so uh, I, I decided to do a clothing brand that got super wrapped up into my identity as well it felt really weird for me to introduce myself and tell people oh hey I'm Jan I'm 34 and I, I have this clothing brand um, and people would just associate my personality and who I am with the brand um, so 
that didn't feel right that didn't feel good but this the podcast um definitely makes me feel like i'm embracing a lot of parts of myself it's a gift that i can give to others uh and it works like it's a fully well-rounded um endeavor and project for myself that makes me feel like i'm doing the right thing and I just wish I had done this a lot sooner, man, to be to be real with you. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, and I, I hear you on that, man. And I'm gonna tell you right now though, you know, maybe you weren't ready. You have regret that you didn't start sooner. But would you be this good right now if you hadn't spent 12 years rapping? Would you be this comfortable talking with people and you know, meeting other people if you hadn't gone through 17 jobs in 10 years? So uh, I don't really live in a lot of regret. I still want to learn Spanish very fluently. I'm kind of, I can kind of speak it, but I still want to learn it a hundred percent. But I don't regret not learning it. I just, I'm like, I'm going to get to it. There's other stuff that's more important to me right now. And I look at my life was not a straight line. Nobody's is. Um, I'm an orthodontist and, you know, I graduated from orthodontic residency with $850,000 in student loan debt. And I was completely miserable and depressed and I didn't want to do it. I still practice orthodontics, but I find other things to fuel me, you know, to make me excited about doing that job. And it's funny because if I hadn't gone through all that pain, there is absolutely no way I would have been able to write a book about emotional fitness. There's no way I'd be able to connect with you. There's no way I'd be able to speak to people, hundreds of people about my story and tell them about my life. and help them understand how they can see and perceive things in a different way. So I understand that, you know, we always wish we could have wish we did this and wish we did that. And we should have done that and should have done this. And it's, you know, it's like wishing one hand shit in the other and see what comes first. Right. Unfortunately, that is the way it is. But why would you regret that? Because here you are now. And you just said to me that you feel like you're on the right path. And maybe there's ways to accelerate that timeline, work harder, feel better, do this, do that, do more. But at the same time, you're on the right path. Most people are walking around right now, not on the right path. They don't even know what path they're on. So, I mean, that in itself is huge. And people are 50 years old, don't even know what they're doing. 60 years old, don't know what they're doing. So it it is hard. I do feel you, man. I feel you. And I sometimes I still, I don't feel regret. I do feel fear that I'm not doing enough. I always feel like I got to do more. Um... But I utilize that fear. I don't let it control me either. And I keep going forward. And it's a moment. It's a moment. All right. Hey, what do I got to do today? Uh, if I feel like I got, I'm worried, I'm nervous, I got fear, I put together a quick little power action list. Three mm-hmm. things that if I do today, they're going to get me 80% further than anything else I'm going to do. And if I get those three things accomplished, boom, I'm moving further towards my goals. I've been doing that for many years. Um, ever since I kind of developed, uh, understood the idea of the 1% rule. Um, which is really about 1% getting better of 1% every year. If you get better 1% or 1% every day, you get better 1% every day. At the end, it's not 365%. It's like 3,000, you know, 700%, right? It's massively different. And so years of compounding, I see that now more than ever. Uh, I just turned 36 myself. And so, you know, when you're younger, you don't see those years compounding as much. But as you keep going, keep going when you're 35 and some of your friends are still kind of doing the same thing, like, okay, but that compounding factor is only going to get more. It's going to get bigger as you go to 40 and 50. So it's never too late to start something. 
But you got to start now because time is your friend. The more effort and time you put in, the better you're going to be later on. I got you, man. I got you. And yeah, I think that's the thing that keeps me like motiv- the positive stuff that keeps me motivated is staying consistent. Um, I think that was my biggest phrase last year. And I think it's still my phrase this year. Uh, it's my second year doing the podcast. So last year, consistency. And I remember on one of these episodes, I said it was a different thing for this year. But because it's the summertime, uh, I think I've, I've been feeling like a it's a it's a valley right now, not a hill. Or it's a hill. Like I'm climbing up a hill right now. I'm trying to push through whatever demotivation I'm feeling. Um, I think uh, something on my social media, Instagram, Reddit, wherever I'm at, I always come across that phrase of like, you know, um, you just got to do it every day. Or like, you know, I'm trying to remember exactly what they said. They said it was discipline is what grows when you're unmotivated. Like you got to do the things that you do, like, you know, even if when you don't feel like doing it and that's how you're building discipline. So I guess discipline would be, yeah, there you go. Discipline's my second year focus uh, versus what consistency was last year, uh, which is really hard for me, man. Uh, I don't know for a lot of folks out there. I think you're right though. Uh, since we're our own biggest critic, you know, I, I, I am so hard on myself when I don't reach these little goals. And I have to remember that, you know, everybody's kind of going through that same process or same journey in their own way. And um, I think that's what makes me relatable uh, when I meet a lot of folks in different workplaces or even talking with these kids is that like, you know, back then we I don't know for you when I was in high school, it felt like adults had it figured out and they were living their lives and they were happy and whatnot. But um, for, for me, I really try to make it a point to show these kids that like, here I am, just another dude that has a day job here working at the school, but I still got dreams and I have goals and I'm, that's what I'm doing in the evening. And that's what a lot, life is going to look like a lot of the time um, until you finally get to get to those goals that you want. Uh, but yeah, I had to add. Sure, man. It's awesome to be a role model, man. Don't call me that, man. I'm like Charles Barkley. I don't know if you're familiar with that commercial, but he's like, I'm not a role model. <laughs> <laughs> no one's role model, but I, I like to be a person that's in their lives for however long they want me like i'm always aware of not trying to push myself and my philosophies and perspectives on the kids um but i hope that it just resonates with them as they get older you know uh i think we're going to skip the second icebreaker man because you were looking forward to this uh to the wheel so we'll jump back into the wheel let's get in the wheel baby and before we run out of time (laughs) um here we go let me pull up the wheel give it a spin and uh, like I said earlier today, uh, if there's a question or topic you don't want to talk about, feel free to pass. But this first question for you is, what is your controversial opinion? Like you feel like you always seem to get, you know, some challenge from, you know, someone wants to say something, give another perspective. Do you have anything that kind of incites that to people? Uh, yeah, I mean, it. it's, I believe in my heart of heart that everybody can change. Mm. I believe that I can help people change. And, and, but I believe that if you really want to change, you can. And I think that my big thing is a lot of people want to find themselves, you know, they want to find their purpose. Like they lost it when they were born. Yeah. But I believe that you need to create yourself. 
You need to build yourself to be who you want to be in the future. And yeah, you can, you'll find your purpose by paving a path and creating your purpose. You know, you'll find it by trying new things. It's not like you lost it. It's not like it's always, this is what you were meant to do. You've got to try things and kind of going back to even our conversation earlier, you know, it's funny, like, uh, I'll just go back to myself a little bit and say, when I started doing public speaking, people were like, wow, Corey, you really hold yourself really well on stage. You know, it was very impressive. Um, you know, and I was like, thank you very much. I didn't really think too much about it, but I was like, oh, you know what? When I was in college, I actually did some acting. And it was only for about a year and a half, two years. And then I went to dental school. But yeah, I did some plays and everything. So I kind of understand stage presence. I wasn't thinking about that at all when I was doing motivational speaking, talking about emotional fitness. I was, you know, that wasn't in my head, but it made sense. I think everything builds up to it. I think eventually I found my purpose in life. It wasn't, you know, I tried a bunch of things. People always think I got all my shit together. Uh, well, I didn't have my shit together for a long time and I just had to figure it out, but I had to create who I wanted to become and you have to build yourself. So I think a lot of people uh, don't like hearing that. Why? Because it's scary. It means it's your responsibility to become who you want to be. You're not this way because your parents did this. You're not this way because of your genes. You're not this way because of whatever experience you want to blame from the past, which is easy to blame in the past because you can never change the past. So it's easy for people to understand. It's easier for people to face. But the truth is you can change whatever you want. You can become whoever you want today. And it starts with a decision. It starts right now. And so I think that people don't want to hear that because then it puts all the ownership on them. Mm, I got you. I got you. I mean, for me personally, man, I I think it's, I still haven't figured out what it means or what it's, what it takes to, you know, build our identities, build our, I guess, how to create my own, my own path and my own identity. Um, I guess I, I'm leaning towards I, it's a controversial opinion, right? Um, so for, <laughs> for me, I want to take some of that, the parts of like how my folks raised me and, you know, the things in my past. And, you know, I guess I'm making it, you know, digestible for myself to understand why I am who I am today. So I want to believe those are all playing factors into it. I don't think it's the biggest factors in because I think the other part of it is decisions that I make and the person I want to become and where all, where all those ideas came from. So, I mean, I can't say I fully agree with your opinion, but I will say that I think it is a part of the bigger picture that I'm, I'm still trying to form, you know, and, and trying to get down. Let me down hit you with something real quick. But I know getting short on time, but I appreciate you. And in my book, I do talk about how to kind of develop this identity. It is not to say that you should not embrace your heritage, your upbringing, your things that you enjoy from your childhood. But let's go this, you know, if if you're a kid who's six years old and your mom forgets to pick you up from school. Well, for some kids who might have separation issues, this might be the biggest thing in the world. And they will reference that for the rest of their life, how their parents abandoned them and they don't trust their parents. They don't feel the love from their parents. That's just their focus. And they made that decision at six years old. 
but maybe somebody else just walks into the uh you know the front office and says hi uh, my mom's not here can you call her or maybe at six years old nowadays they even have a cell phone and they call them hey where are you at oh sorry honey i'm five minutes away or oh my god i got a flat tire i'll be right there just go into the office and wait and they feel totally fine the experience washes over them they don't even remember that experience so what you put your focus on and tell yourself over and over again you can create decisions about who you are at six and seven and eight years old and a lot of people maybe even 10 or 12 years old are you not more mature now than you were when you were 10 or 12 years old or six right why would you let those decisions that you decided then as a child dictate who you are today and so i'm not saying to clean the slate completely i am saying like i might take a lot of stuff i'm still who i was before but i'm an evolved version i mean you know i still got problems i'm not perfect like i said but i mean i've taken the best parts of me each time i've done this evolution and built on them and so I think that's what's important. I don't I don't get rid of my past. I build off of it. But that perception when you're younger completely changes who people become when they're older and they're letting their younger self dictate who they are today. I got you. I got you. Yeah, no. no I just want sorry, I want to share that. <laughs> no, no, for sure, for sure. I mean, like I it sucks cuz I don't have the time to digest everything that my guests, you know, drop on me on the show, but I know what you just said right there i'm probably gonna re-listen to and you know i'll shoot you a little thought on it uh, when once i get through it because i am very self-reflective man i don't know if you you know you talked about you know, a lot of your journey was like you know um talk not talking to yourself in the mirror but facing yourself in the mirror and kind of like you know realizing the self-realizations um were you an only child or not you, you no part of a big i family? am uh I have two younger sisters. I'm the oldest, actually. Got you. Got you. I'm an only child, and I always think that other only children, we that is an experience that we, we do have um, that's different from other folks, but it sounds like that you were able to kind of have that same experience, you know, in a different way. But I think it's something we all kind of do. It's just that, you know, only children, they... I was always forced to just be by myself and be in my head and you know, kind of reflect on my day and the decisions I made all the time because I didn't have anyone to talk to. Um, but, you know, I think that that's where a lot of my overthinking and my self-realization comes from. Um, so what you just said there, I'm going to be rewinding all the, the mistakes and ups and downs of my life to, to kind of nitpick, nitpick on it. But uh, I, I know it's going to be valuable deal with it and move on you know it's an evolution of yourself so if it's something that stops you you know shift it if it doesn't if it empowers you keep using it keep building on it one thing my parents always told me is Corey as long as you work hard enough you can accomplish anything well I don't know how many times they told me that but I feel like they told it to me a lot it's not like they told it to me every day but I've reinforced that sentence i've said that sentence so many times to other people that it consistently reinforces in my brain Corey, as long as you work hard enough you can do anything and i mean that's what i built my life on i got you i mean since you dropped that my folks man they told me all that to my mom her thing was attitude is everything that's what she always instilled in me and then for my dad he always told me uh life is going to be the greatest teacher you'll have so um, I think those are the phrases. It's, it's interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to add that to my list of questions. Like, what's that one phrase or or one saying that your parents like drilled in you? 
Um, yeah, attitude is everything. My, my dad used to say that all the time. He had a license plate that said attitude. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. He sounds like a fun guy, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, man. So unfortunately, we only got through one spin today, um, but I hope maybe in the future you could come back, maybe do a part two. We just focus on the wheel, um, but I'm glad you got to experience it. Uh, we're going to move on to our closeout questions, but before we do that, I have this exercise called the 34th Mantra. Um, and I'm going to ask you to fill in the blanks for this phrase, which is I am, I can, I will. So I am blank, I can blank, I will blank. Let me know when you're ready, and then I'll move you over to that screen. But we don't have to stay on there, too. <laughs> I got you. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah. All right, here we go. Talking to yourself. This is a reflection moment. Um, I am, <laughs> I can, I will. Go for it. This is something that I, I have actually done a lot. So I am an action taker. I can do anything and I will make an impact. For sure, man. If you ever need a reminder, uh, maybe you need that little audio clip of yourself uh, telling yourself that now you have it. <laughs> oh, man, let's do it again. I want to get me. I want to stand up for it. <laughs> are, are you serious? Or are you blessed with me? <laughs> we can do it again. Yeah, All we can right. do it again. All All right. Right. I'm, I'll be. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get a little. Okay, I got I'll you. Just scoot back. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I like this. I like the background. All right, I got you, man. Here you go. Do your thing. I am an action taker. I can do anything. I will make an impact. Show. I, I felt that energy that time. I felt that energy that time. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Thank you, uh, man. There's a, a meme of a kid um, watching a hockey game. I don't know if you can see this on the, the arrow screen, but it's just like this. It's like. <laughs> I send that to every time. I'm like, I don't have kids yet, but if I do, I want my kid to be like that. That's how I feel. Hey, you're speaking it into existence, man. You're manifesting it. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, that's what's great about kids, man. Their emotions, they they just let them go. There's no thinking about well, how people are gonna think of me. You know, like they they excited uh, at a at a sports arena, a sports game. It's, it's always fun to watch them. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure, man. I'll yeah. send you the meme. <laughs> right on, right on. Let us see it. Uh, all right, man, we made it to our closeout questions. This next one for you is actually from my previous guest. Uh, so shout out to Ashley. Ashley's question for you is, what does love mean to you? Oh, good question, Ashley. Thank you. Love to me is all-encompassing. It's support being there for one another it's forgiveness it is always supporting you no matter what and being there for you to protect you to love you to care for you all the time got you man yeah when when she asked me this question that I, I think I tried to sound deep and try to say some stuff, but yeah, I don't think it translated well. I'd, I'd have to re-listen to it. But love is, I mean, that question, what does love mean to you, man? That We could go a whole episode just on that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, love is amazing. I'm fortunate enough to feel love from my wife, my family, and my friends. And I'll tell you right now, when I got married, I was, like, I've done tons of public speaking. But when I got married, I was speechless. I could not put together words to express to everybody the gratitude because the magnitude of love in this group of people it was a very small wedding because COVID and everything 
you know, it was hard to do. We did a destination wedding of like 68 people. But the amount of love was so overwhelming and so beautiful. It was just this energy that, uh, you know, love powers the world, right? It's just, it, it can conquer all things. And so, um, I did get, I did get a speech out and I thanked everybody, but it was, it was pretty overwhelming. I, I was surprised that I was so nervous about talking in front of everybody, but I just wanted to express to them that I love them too. And, um, you know, love is a gift. Yeah, man. Uh, I wish I could have heard the speech, <laughs> but, uh, moving on to my next second to last question for you is what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 questions? Oh man, I always ask my guests a question about success. I feel like, yeah, yeah sure. Why not? Let's, let's spread a little love. Be like, what is your key to unleashing success? Mm. Is your key to unleashing success? I always ask my guests that, you know, I want to know what, what's their secret sauce. Oh man. Um, what's, what's your secret sauce, man? Yeah. I, uh, I guess if you, if people consider this podcast a success, right? <laughs> um, for me, I would say you, you got to keep my key to success is to keep trying. That doesn't sound right. Um, but that's what it took for me. Like, I feel like I tried rapping. I failed. I tried to start a clothing brand. I failed. Um, tried doing this podcast and now I feel like I'm finding a rhythm. But even other than that, I feel like I failed at 17 jobs and, you know, was trying to find my place. And, you know, for Asian parents, um, like my parents, they I'm super grateful that they were able to understand the journey that I was on. Because I feel like if I had any other kind of parents, they, I would have that pressure to just stay where I'm at, even if I disliked it or hated it. Um, but, you know, damn, I guess my key to success is having a supportive uh structure or like a family either family or friends your support system is your key to success i think because it does take That's more awesome. right it's more than just you you could do everything right uh and things can still go wrong and when things go wrong i think that's when you need like your support system to kind of lean on but that's a great re re revela revelation man so thank you <laughs> yeah cool uh and then my last question for you man the question that ties everything together 100, 200, 300 years from now, your descendants are watching this video. What would you like to tell them? Ooh. Um, one, I hope that they uh, don't have to go through all the troubles that I necessarily had, but I do believe pain is a teacher. And so I hope that um, I hope that in the future you continue to build a, a great life for yourself, build a better life for those around you, take care of your family, and don't forget to enjoy life as much as possible because every moment's a gift and you never know when it's going to be your last. For sure, man. We hear you. We hear you. Uh, any last things you'd like to add before we head out of here? Tell the folks where to find your book, where to find your podcast, and all that good stuff. Oh man, I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Um, so podcast, you go to unleashsuccess.com or, you know, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can find, you just Google unleash success, uh, by Corey Corpodian. I'm on Instagram at Corey Corpodian. Uh, if you want to link that, um, emotional fitness, you go to, uh, master emotional fitness.com. Um, you can find it there. It's on Amazon. 
uh, and audible too. So I do appreciate that. If anybody wants to reach out to me, uh, more than happy to talk about it. I love this stuff. I live this stuff. Uh, it's helped me in so many different ways and helped the people around me too. So um, if you ever want to reach out, feel free. Show sure, man. And uh, make sure to send me those links to everything so I can make sure to get them in the in the description notes. Uh, but I want to thank you again for stopping by, man. I thought this was a great conversation. You definitely dropped some knowledge on me, uh, gave me a lot of things to, to chew on. Uh, so thank you again, Corey, for coming through. Man, I appreciate it. This was an amazing conversation. You did a great job interviewing. I really thought the questions were super insightful for me as well. And I uh, just really appreciated the conversation. Thanks so much. No problem, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy you got something out of it. I think that's always my intention and goal is, is for my guests to just feel like it was a value to them. So I'm glad you got that. And uh, for all the folks out there listening, watching on YouTube, definitely appreciate your time as well. Uh, please like if you might, share if you care, subscribe for a vibe you didn't know was there. Uh, also remember to reach out, reach forward. As always, much love. And we'll catch you guys next time on 34 Questions. Peace. And it fades out from there. Uh, I don't know if you're a super...